Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Life Chat. Uh, I am joined today by uh, Anna Coleman. Hi, everyone. And Kurt Till. Hello. So we're continuing our series here on life stages and what this is, is different stages in a client's life where they may be taking a little bit harder look at life insurance and definitely doing some planning for the future. Uh, today we're going to be talking about estate planning, which I think is probably one of the ones that really comes up when we're talking about life insurance, is really making sure that once we're away, no matter what it is, whether it's for your family, for a business, whatever that you're really planning. Um, and I know we've all kind of been, have different aspects of that estate plan that we look at. And so we're just gonna have a general conversation around that. Um, you know, one thing I want to start with a little quote here that I hear a lot of time from life insurance agents, and I don't think it could be more true, is if you don't have a plan, the state has one for you, and you're not gonna like it. <laughs> if, they, if they can get their hands on it, they will. Because mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is if you don't have a plan in place, the state will take over it for you. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, especially I would say, I hate to use the term younger individuals, but those who don't have a lot of assets think, well, I don't need it because I don't have these things to cover when, well, the state knows you have things to cover and they're going to step in and make sure they get paid. Yeah, I think, you know, even if you don't have a lot of assets, they're still your assets and there are ways to protect that. So why not? Mm -hmm. I mean, you still earn those assets, whether, you know, through hard work or maybe they were passed down through family, but they're still yours. Why, why let the state get their hands on it? When, oh, there, when, there are, when there are ways to protect it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really nice thing about life insurance is that I feel like it's it, really it's a very dynamic product in the estate planning of whether or not you're looking at taxes or just liquidity or equalization. There's a lot of things that the life insurance can kind of fill. I would say fill those gaps or at least protect your family as they figure things out kind of going down with the estate planning. Yeah, especially mm -hmm. bigger estates. I mean, if somebody has a big estate you know, millions and millions, you know, they're probably pretty good at business as it is, probably have a good head on their shoulders about business. So having life insurance in place to protect those just makes good business sense. Oh, yes. <laughs> I heard someone once say, and I thought this was uh, another great little quote, was that life insurance is the cheapest way to hand over, you know, large amount of funds to make sure that's being taken care of. You know, when, when you look at it, um, a lot of creditors are still out there, uh, even when you pass away. And you talked about, Kurt, those millions of dollars of assets, yep. they're going to come after them, um, whether it's uh, state taxes and so on. And I feel like life insurance can kind of stand in the gap there and say, okay, these are all taken care of. So you guys can figure out what you want to do with what, you know, this loved one spent a lifetime building up. Yeah, especially debts. Because um, if there's still debts to be paid, it's the estate's responsibility and how to pay those debts. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to come out of the assets are going to come out. You're going to have less assets because the estate is responsible for the debts, the debts. Mm -hmm. uh, so put life insurance in place to pay those debts mm -hmm. or to replace the, the assets that are coming out. And you're also going to get it tax free through life insurance. Mm -hmm. um, taxes. Um, if there's any back taxes or taxes due for the year of the death of the individual, they still got to be paid. The government, state, they're still going to want it. Want their income tax. Yep. <laughs> so for someone who's just getting started planning all these things for their life, 
Um, what would you say to someone who just doesn't know where to start? It may seem overwhelming, all this estate planning talk. Well, if you're younger, um, you know, look at the assets you do have and what's important to you. With Anna, you starting out young, just bought a new house, um, mm -hmm. probably have two cars. Um, just starting a yeah. 401k, yes. things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You may not have a, a lot of assets right now, but it's going to continue to grow as you get older. And the sooner you mm -hmm. start, and the sooner you have a plan in place, it's easy to change the plan. It's harder to start one. It's good advice, Kurt. Thank Very you. good advice. <laughs> you know, and one thing, uh, Anna, kind of when, you know, it, it seems like such a daunting thing, right? But that's why one thing I've always appreciated about, you know, life insurance agents, also accountants, lawyers, that they deal with this every day. So a lot of times when you reach out to an insurance agent uh, or an account, they'll actually have kind of a worksheet to fill out of like, hey, I've got a house, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. What do I need to make sure this is protected? But I like what Kurt said there, you know, you're, you're at that wonderful stage where, you know, your future's all ahead of you and you've got these amazing things, but at least getting a plan in place now, it's so much easier to add to it and grow to it as time goes on as your assets build up, but everything. Um, but also it's, you know, make sure you're taking care of a loved one too. You know, your spouse is able to stay in the home, everything like that. I know we say that a lot, but it's really where life insurance kind of steps in to make sure that those hopes and dreams just keep on going. So, you know, one thing I, I guess I would like to touch base on, and Kurt, I'll let you do this one, <laughs> is, is, you know, when we talk about estate, one thing that really comes up quite a bit is probate uh, and kind of avoiding probate. Now, if you had some comments on that. When an estate's in question, they go to probate. It's a long, it can be, a, it can be, and most times it is a long drawn out process where the estate and everything's being, being divided and, and passed out. But with life insurance, that skips probate. Um, if there is a named beneficiary, it's going to skip probate and then you have a liquidity like that. Mm -hmm. Another big part of that is, you know, if, if the estate is, is, is big, when assets are passed through life insurance, it's kept private. Mm. Whereas with probate, it, it's it's public knowledge. So mm. there's a lot of people that don't want to know what they're getting in an inheritance. Uh, they'd like to keep that on the down low, especially large amounts. But through life insurance, they can. If it goes through probate, probate it's 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 public knowledge. So I know a lot of people find they like that too, which I would personally. If I was getting mm -hmm. a large amount, I don't want people to know. Well, I think also I think you touched on the point of just quick access to funds, because I think that's one thing that, you know, until you actually have to go through the death of a loved one and kind of go through the state, go through these things, you realize that there's money to be had. Like you said, Kurt, you know, people have built up, say, a million dollars in assets and so on. But to get access to it, whether you're like selling land or selling stocks or moving through these different investment vehicles, the funeral home needs their money today. The hospital who took care of your loved one, they need their money today. So that's where life insurance a lot of time give you quick access because I know life insurance payouts, well, I don't know, three, seven days, somewhere in that time frame right. can get a check in your hands to start paying for some of these things and even some take care of some of the paperwork stuff from the standpoint of paying an accountant, paying a lawyer to figure out what's the actual value of this asset. Okay, now I need to liquidate this asset. You can pay those to get access to those funds. I think... Um, when my dad had passed away, that was a big thing. I, I didn't really realize of just how quickly you need funds. You know, how quickly right. you need to be, the, the, the funeral home will do anything you want as long as you pay for it. Uh, but they want the money today to do it. <laughs> so right. that, that goes back to that final mm -hmm. expense. And, you know, not just the funeral costs, but there's going to be debts like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, the taxes that are owed, uh, depending on the, 
the year, the time of year of the passing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I think life insurance. People, people are going to have their hand out. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yep. Um, in regards to a product, when you're talking about estate planning and life insurance, um, are there pros and cons to getting term versus whole, or what would you recommend to someone? Um, what type of product should they look at? I think that, that it, planning for an estate or, or just any kind of basic life insurance need, I, I think it's always going to be based on the individual. What are they looking to accomplish? Um, somebody, my financial situation is probably different than Rob's. Rob's is probably different than you. I think the main thing is to sit down, figure out a death benefit number, and then figure out how you want to pay for it. Like, like for you starting out, you know, you have a lot of things now with, you know, a new husband, house, cars, things like that. Term probably fits your budget better right now. More times than not. When you're young, you just have a lot of things you need to cover and take care of. Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years from now, maybe you start converting that into permanent or by permanent. Mm-hmm. Once you guys, you know, advance in your careers and mm-hmm. you start making more money and have more money to pay for those types of things. And I think it's a good point of really just kind of sitting down with, you know, an accountant and a life insurance agent and really just figuring out that, hey, you know, I've got a mortgage now, but hopefully in 30 years that's gone. And really just kind of structuring a nice blend of, hey, I'm going to put some whole life in place that's going to cover some of these underlying things that aren't going to go away. Funeral, you know, some extra money for my spouse to kind of get through the next couple of months after I pass. And those that's not going to go away. That will never go away. But some of these other debts, home, school loan, car debt, stuff like that, that will pop off eventually. So I think really just sitting down and structuring like, okay, well, I got some permanent, got like forty or 50000 permanent, but then I've got 200000 in this 30-year term, and then I got a 15-year to cover this. you know, And then that way you can really just see how it drops off over time. And you may need to add to it. And that's why I feel like having those kind of annual discussions with your insurance professional really give a great way to kind of address things that have changed. Oh, hey, now we have a kid. So this whole plan needs to be adopted and changed to in order to accommodate that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like you said, Rob, talking to your agent, um, everyone listening, that this is an opportunity for you to talk to your clients mm-hmm. and help them along the way um, with every life event that they have and showing them what products will work best for them and just giving them advice. That's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. So when you have have debts and and things that are probably going to go away. You know, sometimes term fits that better because it's going to go away where, you know, final expense for the, for a death to pay for final expenses. Sometimes a lot of times permanent works better because I'm in the same boat. Rob's in the same boat as you. And it sucks to say it, but I'm going to pass away or my wife's going to pass away first. That's just how it's going to work. Unfortunately, somebody's going to predecease mm-hmm. somebody. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Anna, back to your point, one thing I used to do uh, when I would meet with a client and we would set up a lot, of, have these conversations and set up policies is the two things I cared about on my calendar were today when I was meeting them and a year from today because I would always try to schedule that out so I could send them reminders throughout the year because like you said, things do change. We do have spouses that pass away. We add to our families. We add to our homes. We add to our debt. We take that off and it's always changing. So I think that's the biggest thing with the state planning is really realizing that it's not a static document, that what you have in place is going to change over the course of the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, however long you're going to see things changing in that. And you just need to understand that not only are you seeing change, but your client seeing changes too, and you're following up with them and having those conversations. 
And a phrase we like to use um, in like social media and different marketing materials is life does change. And that's why we have life insurance to help with the change. Oh, and to exactly. ease your mind, to give you peace of mind with your mm-hmm. life changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another big one is uh, a state equalization. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that a lot, especially here in Iowa with all the farmland. I mean, um, I was an agent at one time. I know, Rob, you were an agent at one time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not having life insurance in place to help settle in a state with an equalization um, I've seen a lot of families split up, Yeah, lots of families split up. And an example of what a state equalization is, um, you see it a lot when there are multiple heirs to an estate and the parents have owned a business or farmland. Um, an example would be you have a, a mother and father who own a farm and say the farm's worth $750,000 and they have three, they have three kids, three sisters. Two sisters don't live in the state. They live out of state, and they just don't want to do have anything to do with the farm. They want to sell it. But then you have a third sister who wants to farm to keep the farm going. Well, since that farm is worth $750,000, they are each going to get a third of it, so two hundred fifty k dollars apiece. Well, that one sister that wants to stay there and farm, she would have to buy out that farm, which would be $500,000. She may not have $500,000. So putting life insurance in place on the, on the parents... Uh, $500,000 policy, they can leave the farm to the daughter that wants to farm it. And the other two siblings each get $250,000 a piece. Now they, everybody got what they want. There's no animosity between the sisters of families not broken up and life goes on. And it was an easy transition. You know, Kurt, you make a pretty good point there too of, I think it's a great opportunity also to even have conversations with your children or your heirs right. about what you want to happen. Because if you do have that one who's living in town, who's been helping on the farm, who wants to take over the business, and we know that there's two, one in California, one in, you know, Florida, whatever, um, we know that, hey, this is what's going to happen because, you know, we've had discussions about it. It should be open. Like Kurt said, we're all going to die at some point. And having a plan in place with all your heirs, it just alleviates so much animosity and so many fights at the end if everyone's on board with the same plan. So, And I think even the agents, when they're going over and reviewing the estate plan, for the insureds, it's not a bad idea to see if the insureds would like to have those beneficiaries come in to that meeting mm-hmm. um, so they know what's going on. So when, when it does happen, everybody's on the same page. There's no surprises. It just moves forward. It flows easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I used to do when I used to fill out the Life of Church application, I used to ask who that uh, beneficiary was and if I could set up an appointment, just so they knew who I was. So when mm-hmm. I was coming up with a check that it was not our first time meeting, because it's always an awkward thing anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, the, the death claim meeting, uh, mm-hmm. when you go over everything, is a lot easier when you've met the beneficiaries, rather than just kind of a cold meeting where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it goes well, obviously there's a... Well, obviously, one thing I've always been interested in estate planning is there's so many aspects and it's going to be different for every single person. So, um, but anyway, we want to wrap this up. I uh, appreciate everyone for taking time to listen to another episode of Life Chat. Um, and if you have any questions, always feel to reach out to your life sales rep. We'd love to help you out with anything. Um, anyway, so have an amazing day. Thanks everybody. Thanks everyone. Have a great day.